Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who I think would make an excellent cult leader, Derek Halpin. Like Jim Jones? Or... What? That's not a compliment. Does a cult have to be bad? In my mind, yeah. Yeah, I think like, that's got a negative connotation to it, but it I mean... It does, and I'm glad you're now figuring that out after you say that I would be a good cult leader. I'm saying that it does have a negative connotation, but I'm saying you can treat this power however you like. Well, I would like to think that I would be responsible. You see, no, I would disband the cult. That's not what I want. I want us to have very, you know, independent thinking, you know... Like, good podcast listeners, at best, I don't want a cult. <laughs> you force this awkwardness on, like, what the fuck kind of way to start an episode is this? And the first thing, because we're doing a pro wrestling podcast, I'm like, oh, like, cult of personality? Is that what, you, is that what you're getting at here? CM Punk's entrance music? No. You're saying that I would be a fucking asshole and would turn people into sheep and have them at my beck and call. That's what you... Why would you do a podcast with somebody you feel that way about? See, I really thought I was paying you a compliment as a good leader, but I didn't know. No. Uh... Well, this... I mean, if you're going to pay a compliment, I see I put you over last week as being a good wrestling fan, and this is how you repay me? I truly thought I was doing a good deed. But do you believe it? You think I would be a good cult leader? <laughs> or was that just you? I being think silly? you have a charismatic personality that could convince uh, people to do things. Well, I've never introduced somebody that, to you that didn't like you. You see, that can't be true. Somebody, one, some of your friends at some point had to have said, I don't see it, Garrett. You shouldn't be doing the podcast with that guy. No one has said that to me yet. And maybe it's just <laughs> politeness. <laughs> Thank you for the yet. Well, I just want to be upfront with you that I would join your cult. Thanks. I love you too. I saw the movie Midsummer last night. That's why I just got cults on the mind, man. You know, I saw the trailer for that and the first thing I thought was this looks like a spin-off from Wicker the Wicker Man. To me it was as if uh Ari Aster looked at Wicker Man and said, "I bet I could make that pretty good." <laughs> and Is that what you came out of it feeling? He definitely made a movie that doesn't doesn't make you feel great about yourself. Did you see Hereditary? I didn't. Good God. I feel like you talked me out of seeing it. Because you don't like feeling sad? No, I just think that I you could kind of picked up on the vibe that I was going into it expecting a straight-up horror movie, and you were like, it's not that. I and think at this like, point, oh. at this point, I would honestly tell you I think you need to watch it, and I put it at the same level as, like, The Exorcist. All right. It's really enough. It's grown on me there. We hey, you know what? We actually have a shit ton of wrestling to talk about this week. I did enjoy <laughs> Midsummer. Don't take that as a as a me telling you you need to go see it. It is very long and there is a high chance a lot of you might hate it. I don't know what that says. Go see it. Maybe join a cult. What would our cult be called? The, join the cult of predetermined. Yes. Or the sofa cult. The couch cult. I don't know. The couch cult? The alliteration gets you hard. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we spell couch with... No. 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 All right. Casting couch. <laughs> Join our cult, hit our goddamn music.
we may have just finally given the listeners our worst intro to date. I think I agree with that. That was terrible. If anyone's... <laughs> what the fuck? Like, have you ever thought maybe... I We got off on the wrong foot right at the start of this. I thought I paid you a compliment. You took it as an insult. I think we really threw the uh, the chemistry off today. And by they, I mean I would me. like. I would like to explain before we move on to the things we're supposed to talk about. Maybe I took offense to it because you know how I feel about organized religion. And you know how I feel about cults. And to hear you say that, hey, Garrett or Derek, you could do that, you know, not to continue could... this talk about cults, but you've never specifically said to me, not a fan of cults. I mean, it, I guess you can just assume I, you don't like cults, but yeah, cults freak me out. Are you telling me that like us following wrestling promotions around isn't cult like me just following the young bucks blindly? I feel like a, like a cult has to involve like a central figurehead leader. Vince McMahon. That is not our... We we spend so much time on this show not being loyal and talking shit about Vince McMahon. But at the same time, even while everything was shitty, you and I got Survivor Series tickets. So, like, what are... We're still giving him money. You know what? You know what? You are actually a part of Vince's cult because you wait until the show gets at its absolute shittiest. And you'll pay attention when it's at its worst. And then when it's kind of interesting and good stuff's going on, you're like, huh, I'm going to go watch New Japan for three weeks. And you <laughs> won't talk about it. And then suddenly when Bobby Lashley is squashing the future on Raw, you're like, let's go check this out. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I tune in. I'm like, what's Shane McMahon up to? Oh, that's cool. He's like in seven segments every week. You get what you deserve. It was a pretty good week for wrestling, though. Man, I am... Really fucking excited to talk about Fighter Fest. <laughs> well, did fuck you got a chance to ch- see the whole show? Yeah, I was texting you while it was going on. Well, fucking kayfabe it, Derek. Like we hadn't already talked about some of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't realize we were trying to put on an act. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I was I was able to sneak in Fighter Fest into my busy ass schedule. Um. And uh, I had some, you see, I, I didn't know how difficult or how easy this show was going to be to watch. I knew that Bleacher Report Live was hosting it. I didn't know that there wouldn't be anybody streaming it on YouTube. And I had access to a computer, so this wasn't a big deal. But I kind of wanted to watch it on my TV and my living room. And so I tried to find a YouTube stream. Other than the pre-show, that wasn't happening. It was just stupid people sitting in their living rooms with the camera facing them watching the show. So I abandoned that. And then I thought, I'll be cool. And I'll open my PS4 browser and I'll see if I can load it up on there. That didn't work. Is there not a Bleacher Report app on PlayStation? I tried looking for one. Maybe there is, but I couldn't find it. I didn't know. I used my computer. I plugged an HDMI cable into it and plugged it straight into my TV. Let's... You've got a nice little setup there. You've explained to me that you primarily use your computer as a pro wrestling station. I mean, oh yeah, that's the, that's the secondary purpose of your computer. I'm I've assuming. never, no primary. I've never used it for pornography. <laughs> you know what the sad thing is? The sincerity in your voice. I believe you one hundred percent. 
You were so proud. You were so proud. You were like a kid who walked up to their parent and was like, I cleaned my room. Come check it out. <laughs> like, no, I, I want a compliment used... for not looking at pornography. Like, it's... Yeah. Um, well, it's true. No it stands on this keyboard. I really appreciate that you did believe that, and you have known me long enough to know when I'm being serious. <laughs> there was so much sincerity in your voice. You're not a guy who would be ashamed to say, yeah, I whack off here. But, yeah, I use, alas, my, I use no, my phone for no. that. You use it, yeah, well, it is 2019, and you can whack it on the go. Now, <laughs> you use your computer for something way better. You use it to watch big, muscly, sweaty men hug each other and chuck each other around for our entertainment. Primarily, yeah. Yeah. And That's record this show. For. That's all this computer's used for. Well, it's almost the same thing. Pretty much. Okay, we but you get cult. the show on. I actually have watched this show probably two and a half times now. I have watched it one and a half. And I've watched a couple of the matches three times. I enjoyed the shit out of this show. I enjoyed it. <laughs> to, to separate how I feel from how you feel. I was, I was definitely pleased. I think um, we should save our overall feelings and the, the detailed response we have to the show for the, the end. But uh, I don't know what, like, did, I guess you're so used to watching stuff on your computer, I guess, which I guess I get probably a lot of our listeners do that. I don't. I'm so used to the network or watching things on TV. Um, did you have any problems with the stream? Not one. It streamed fine the entire time. Did you have issues? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I had issues like, I felt like occasionally my screensaver would try to start and I had to go and shut that down permanently. And when it did, it would like completely shut off the feed for a minute. Um, no, I mean, I think it ran mostly smooth, but, uh, I, I guarantee you, you were fucking marking out with the fact that, uh, your boy Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta kicked off the pre-show. And they get a first an opportunity at a first round bye in the tag tournament. Absolutely. And this was a fucking banger of a match, man. This tag match. See, this is one I just rewatched for the first time, actually, right bef- uh, a little bit ago before we started recording. Uh, people started coming over to watch the show around this time. So we were kind of talking and I was catching spots, but it didn't get my full attention. And yeah. From everything I was reading online, I needed to go back, give it my full attention, and it was 100% worth that. Absolutely. Private and, uh, Party fucking won me over hard. Yeah. I also think that, I don't know, between Taylor and Beretta, like, it's, it, is it still weird for you to see them getting, like, a national spotlight? I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> I, like, you've got so many old, like, PWG memories like I, he, and... Chuck Taylor was one of the guys I talked to pretty much every show because yeah. I just enjoyed him so much he's been one of my favorites since I got into indie wrestling and seeing him just get that huge pop for just hugging his best friend that's yep. what me and you were shooting for buddy <laughs> <laughs> that's the bar yes no we are the bar were you surprised to see that they were the uh, team that went over in this match? No, I think that they've been featured 
in pretty funny ways on BTE and, you know, like a, what was it a few months ago where they came out and said, no, we're not doing the, we're not being in the pre-show for double or nothing. And then they got a main event spot or not main event, but main card spot main card. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cool seeing them, but it does have me kind of wondering with, they have a lot of comedy wrestlers right now or not. Yeah. How are they going to fare? Are they going to be the, the lower card? What are they to AEW? I asked you this question before AEW really got started. I said, how are all these comedy acts going to be able to mesh with people who are a more serious style of wrestling? I, 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 it's hard. It's hard to put into words, but you know, the general question here, which is, will it work? And I guess, I mean, it's not any different than what WWE does, right? They have a lot of comedy, silly acts on the lower part of the card, and nobody thinks about that when it comes time for Rollins versus Styles for a title. I guess I just want to know, am I going to be seeing Chuck Taylor fight in Kenny Omega, or am I mostly going to be watching Chuck uh, Chuck Taylor fight fucking Orange Cassidy or something? You know what I mean? Primarily, you'll probably be seeing that. Or, or will I be seeing like, you know, TV singles matches where Chuck's getting squashed by Pentagon Jr. or something crazy? I don't know. We'll see. Um, Either way, best good match. Ended up winning the match. Yeah, good match. A lot of good high spots. Um, I don't know. It's probably in my top four matches of the night. And that's really good considering the final four matches of this show. <laughs> you Absolutely. Yeah. And... Um, honestly, the next one, the next two were really the only low spots in the show for me. You didn't like Ali Impact versus Leva Bates or Michael Nakazawa versus Alex Jabaley? Ali and Leva Bates' match wasn't necessarily a bad wrestling match, but the librarian stuff just is not over. And just didn't work. We were sitting here watching it all talking to each other about how it wasn't working. And when I just rewatched it today by myself, there was a complete silence when the reveal of Peter Avalon was in that tent. No one gave a yeah. shit. No one cared. And occasionally BTE has a bit that just doesn't work. And they admit that. I Fair don't enough. I don't know how long this one will last. Not a great one for me. Yeah. What did you think of Michael Nakazawa versus Alex Jabaley? <laughs> see I, I this is this is what i came in on mm. uh, i came in towards the end of the pre-show and i got to see most of this match and the finish was just it felt very much like a let's get the fuck out of here finish like like they weren't they had like backed themselves into a corner like in the match and it was just like we got to get out of here can you believe that was nine and a half minutes <laughs> Yes, I can too. And they, <laughs> it was one of those things that while we were watching it, I was like, the crowd is a lot of video game fans. We are not that this match is not for us, but there are people in that building that this means something to. So I get it. And it's not on the main show. He helped put the thing on what it is, what it is. Right. I did like hearing commentary make fun of him a lot, though. So I obviously I watched this on YouTube. And this is the part of the show I was telling you. I was on my PS4 in my living room watching this. And then I thought, you know what? This is being streamed. Surely I'll be able to find, you know, the actual Fighter Fest somewhere on here. Nope. So I had to frantically boot up my laptop, get that going, 
and I switched over. I will say I got duped because I tried the uh, PS4's browser, like I said, and there was a countdown going on, and I I texted you because you wouldn't fucking give me an answer. I don't know what you were doing over there, getting all hot and bothered for the uh, main show. But uh, I thought that, like, the countdown on my PS4 browser was like, yeah, the show's starting in three minutes. No, I hadn't signed up for my Bleacher Report account yet, and it was giving you a five-minute preview. And the <laughs> counter was the counter was going down on a black screen, and I thought, okay, so when this counter's over, the show's going to start. No, the counter was going down for a video that I was not seeing of a preview. So then I had to log in using my Google account to get into the Bleacher Report live whatever. And I got to boot it up, and I started, and I came in halfway into SEMA versus Christopher Daniels. I which... promise you... You had more trouble watching this than any one of our listeners. Well, it wasn't that I had trouble. It was just I, I came in. What time did the show start? 7.30? Yeah. I think I walked in the door at like 7.20. That's fine. Every... <laughs> I'm just saying. That... <laughs> you do you, man. I'm just saying. All I did was get on there. So, oh, I have to create an account. Hit Facebook. Sign up. It signed me up immediately. I was in. Done. Hooked well, they to... made it. I mean, I'm not saying it was hard. I'm just saying I wasn't prepared to do things. I just thought that I would just be able to click a thing and be ready to go. And it was actually like two extra steps that were not <laughs> difficult. Either way, you wasn't really wowed. I wasn't wowed by SEMA versus Christopher Daniels. I thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. Honestly, to me, the that's, thing... That's, that is the predetermined equivalent of, I'm not going to say anything nice, but I'm also not going to rip it to shreds. I have nothing bad to say about it, but it also didn't wow me. I like both of those guys. Great. Was anything memorable about it? <laughs> yeah. No. There you go. There you go. Was The crowd wasn't super into it either, right? I At don't think point? so. Let me, which is weird because you, you usually want your opening match to be kind of a get the crowd going hot, whatever. Which you know Chuck what Taylor did. Yeah. There was no top in that performance. My question is, I meant to ask you this during the, we were talking about the tag match. Is SCU not as over as they used to be? They haven't done anything in a while. I kind of started thinking about that when Chuck Taylor and Trent won, kind of thinking, what's next for SCU? And I think I can care about SCU again very easily. I think they just need a real storyline for me to get back in. But they're not as hot as they were like a year ago. And I mean, well, even on BTE until this last episode, they hadn't even been back together to be doing bits. They'd been right. kind of separated, traveling, doing different shows. So, yeah. Do people? St I'm I'm asking hypothetically, and you're speaking for all the people I'm asking for. So that's <laughs> interesting. Do people still give a shit about Christopher Daniels wrestling singles matches? I think so. I think I care more than I used to. Like, he hasn't stopped being somebody I want to check out. I think there's other I, matches I'm more interested in seeing, but... Well, I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, and I know that's how it's coming across. I just... <laughs> I just... Ever since his match with... Um, why am I blanking? Amel? At all... Yeah. 
and how clunky it was. I mean, it wasn't like to me like I I looked at him as less performer, but I became very aware of, like oh he's at that stage of his career where he's basically done. Well, we thought and, he was done two years ago or a year ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but now I mean it really feels like the SCU act is over. Maybe not as over as it was a month ago, but I feel like Christopher, Dan- Christopher Daniels is getting like a career resurgence just on the act alone, and it really doesn't have anything to do with him being as spectacular as he used to be in the ring, which is a given. But it was a weird match to open the main show with, I thought. that That's my thought. I'm trying to think how what else I would have done to open it, though, out of the ones we saw, unless... But at that point, you'd have, have to bump... I have an answer for you. Would it have been to bump way. best friend open with the four way? Yes. I don't know. I guess as far as the main show goes, it felt like it had that new Japan booking of importance level building as the show went on. I guess. And I don't know. also the quality of the storytelling and wrestling. I don't know. The it went up like a set of stairs for me. I guess my, my, my one issue with the New Japan style booking with AEW is that I wouldn't try to emulate that if your goal is to get people to stick around to watch this brand new product. Do you, do you, do you dig what I'm saying here? No, like, I get what you're saying, but I also... Because this was free. Like This was a lot of people's first experience watching an AEW show. I guess, yeah, I see what you mean. I, I can't... Like, I don't even think I can... your best foot forward? That, I don't know. that Ma- fatal four-way would have been a, a really hot opener for this. You're right. Absolutely. That was one of so, my favorite matches of the night. Absolutely. But let's go back. Ryu versus Yuka Sakazara, sorry, Sakazaki, right? Yeah. And Nyla Rose. Triple threat. What did you think of this one? thought this one was fun as hell. I like that they're showing that, you know, Eva doesn't size isn't really a thing here. Like we're going to see all these people interact with each other. Uh, it's what they could. It was a better version of Lucha house party versus Lars Sullivan. <laughs> you have the, you have two smaller wrestlers hard. getting beaten up by a bigger wrestler. And this was good though. I enjoyed watching it. Um, I, I thought I, I wasn't nuts about this at the beginning. I wasn't like it started off. I was like, eh, I'm not really into this about halfway into it. Some of the spots they did drew me in. And by the end of it, I was, I was, they had me, I was hooked. Yeah. The honestly, the Seema Daniels match brought me down a little bit, especially since it had, <laughs> since it had followed. Truth. Oh, yeah, okay. Here we go. If you want to hear serious. Yeah. After basically Leva Bates up until this match, I was just like, oh man, this isn't the best. Like, it's not terrible, but it's not the best. This match partway through started winning me back over where I was like, all right, here we go. This is, the, this is the show I want. No, this, this match about halfway through is what turned the corner for the rest of the show. And I will stand by that statement. I was actually expecting Nyla Rose to win this match. Oh, I was too. So I was really surprised to see that Riho got, Riho got the victory. And that um, is Kenny Omega's favorite intergender tag team partner. That they made a point of saying that on the broadcast. Yeah. That's like an unofficial official endorsement. Like Kenny's not out here saying that, but when the broadcasters are telling you. How do you feel? <laughs> How do you feel about the commentary? <laughs> My favorite portion of any of the commentary was during the six man. 
just listening to Excalibur hit the name of every single move so fast while JR sat in silence. <laughs> Excalibur knows the name of every single move. There were things I had never heard before that he was just shouting out like it was just common knowledge. What's fucking nuts is that back in peak pro wrestling video game Derek days, like that time in my life when you would go customize your creator wrestler on, on WWE games, I used to know the name of every fucking move. Like it never, it was never a practical skill. <laughs> it wasn't, it was never something that, you know, would come like, in fact, most of the moves that you would see in that, like you would never hear the commentators even call it that, but they had them in the game. And then occasionally it would come up and you'd be like, Oh yes, I remember. I remember the electric chair drop. You never fucking hear about it. My uh, my dumb skill is I can remember where I saw any movie. <laughs> like I can tell you what movie theater and what city in the in the country that I saw a movie at. That doesn't matter. Listen, but I remember listen that. Listen to predetermined to pro wrestling hangout where we tell you about our dumb skills. <laughs> he knows what an electric chair drop is. I know which theater in Jacksonville, Illinois, we saw Catwoman at. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Never forget it. So let's get on to the the upward swing part of the show here. Fatal four-way between Adam Page, Jimmy Havoc, Jungle Boy, and MJF. Oh my God, MJF's promo before the match was awesome. And there was a point, I felt, there were a few times in this that I was like, why are you doing this to these people? Where the, a joke would be made and then they would cut to a very unfortunate person in the crowd who got to be the face of the punchline of a joke. Yep. And I'll tell you, though, a couple times they nailed the right person for the joke, but I felt <laughs> bad. <laughs> like, that's not fair. Don't do that to that man. Like, when he made the joke about, uh, I used to play video games, but then I lost my virginity, and it just cut to a very sad man on the ground. <laughs> he did. I made a point. That guy is really upset. Somebody's really hurt. This was a, this was a fun fucking match. There's no, <laughs> I, I mean, the, the, here's the other thing. A match like this, considering where the direction they're headed is, you know, at the at all out, you kind of know Paige is going over in this match, but it doesn't really fucking matter, right? Because you're really just kind of showcasing the middle part of your roster. Exactly, and I think they did a great job with it, and I don't think Jimmy Havoc looked any worse for taking the pin. Because it was MJF ducking a clothesline and Jimmy Havoc taking a pen or a clothesline he didn't see coming. So, you know, he. Right. I, I didn't think anybody looked bad in this. I thought everybody walked away looking great. Do you feel even more confident now the more and more you see MJF that he's going to be a superstar? Yes. Yes. It's. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone that I. When I saw them the first time, I thought, holy shit, this. This is that guy. And I mean, you can go back and listen to the first time we saw that guy and we spent so long raving about him. And to see how far he's come since. Again, and really, it's been like a year and a half since we saw him in February of 2018 to now. Damn, yeah, he was fighting Ace Romero and I don't remember who. Oh, I think DJZ. <laughs> and Paco, maybe? I th yes, that sounds right. That's impressive. That's another stupid skill we have. Honestly, though, 
other than Jimmy Havoc, this is a, a group of four guys that, you know, have just had this huge rise very recently. Yeah, like absolutely. Havoc at this point is very well established. Yeah, and I also think that... Do you think that the name Jungle Boy is going to stick? That's a weird question to ask, I know, but, like, do you think that people... Like, I don't know. I think there's certain things that we're going to really get to see how they transition from how it works on the indie scene to how it works in, like, a mainstream wrestling promotion. And this was one that I thought about when it was... When it was... I don't know. what When they were walking out, I was like, ah, Jungle Boy. Is he going to stick with that name? Like, if he has a successful career, is that going to be his name the whole way through? Or I don't. I like his thing right now. I could see this being a gimmick that could easily not work somewhere. But considering some of the other people they have on the roster and the style he wrestles, I think he's going to be fine. Will Fair the enough. Will the name stick? I don't know. But the gimmick is working right now. People seem to enjoy Luchasaurus. I like their BTE thing where Luchasaurus just got his doctorate. um so obviously like we said page wins the match which makes sense he's going on to face jericho for the aew championship at all out his finisher scares me yeah i'm I'm always worried up yeah i'm I'm gonna bring that up later okay too actually i'm gonna bring it up at the end of the next match we're gonna talk about actually the next match i think was my favorite match of the night you did have a pretty strong response to this one. This was Cody with uh, Brandy Rhodes at ringside versus Darby Allen. And uh, this, ha- first of all, we haven't brought this up. The matches had a time limit. A lot of people are not used to that. It's a new thing we're going to have to get used to again. And I love it. Because um, you can either have a time limit or you can just have two out of three falls matches for the rest of the fucking WWE run. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Time limit. Well, it's important to bring that up because it factors into the finish of this match. Uh, Cody made Darby Allen look awesome. And this was a match where, for a long time, Cody was punishing Darby Allen. And when he started to make his comeback, it really made him shine. And I thought him bringing the uh, body bag to the ring was pretty fucking rad. Darby Allen really throws caution to the wind a lot. He he's a guy like Takahashi that has no regard for his body. I mean, do you remember I, that spot me, in it when Cody threw him at the ring post, but he like missed the ring post and slid sideways and just went flying out to the floor? Yeah. To me, yeah, this, I, I th- this was going to be one of the most interesting matchups just because of Darby Allen's style. And, I mean, the last time I saw him was fighting, fuck, what, Nick Gage in a no-ring death match? (laughs) (laughs) And, and yeah, he's fucking awesome. And I'm really excited for him to get some TV time. But, God, yeah, I was not expecting to get the finish we got to this where he walked out looking so strong. Cody tried his best and hit him with the crossroads at the end of the match. But by the time he made the cover... Time ran out, and the match ended up ending in a uh, a draw due to the time limit. And, and I would say he took the the worst bump of the night, or visually the most disturbing bump of the night. Darby Allen. Oh fuck yeah! 
In the body bag? No, 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 not in the body bag. When he did the trust fall off the top rope. And he landed spine first on the apron. Oh, yeah. Jesus. That thud was pretty was pretty hard. Like, I've seen him do that trust fall live and it scares the shit out of me. But when you're just diving back first into the apron, knowing that that's what's going to happen, I don't know how you mentally prepare for that other than just be a crazy person. Yeah. Um, so I guess... I mean, the vibe, I mean, I guess what they created with this match was the idea that Cody was probably going to win, but he wasn't able to put Darby Allen away in time. So Darby looks strong because he was able to hang with Cody and Cody doesn't suffer a loss or get a victory out of it. So they kind of made a star like without needing to get a, a pinfall or a submission. So were you afraid that Darby Allen was going to take some crazy move inside of the bag? I was worried that that wasn't going to work. <laughs> I was like, how does this work? How is this even visually satisfying if you can't see? Like, you get what he's doing because you know what Cody's finisher is, but it just, I don't know. See, it was interesting. I think putting a guy in a body bag, and we all thought he was getting ready to take a German suplex in a body bag. Yeah. Which I think would have been visually pleasing. I think that would have been better than the crossroads. Visually, anyway. But then... This match Let's talk took about a bit the thing of a turn. Everyone's talking about. Let's talk about the thing everyone's talking about after the match. Garrett, uh, you know what? I'm just gonna fuck with you. Ty Dillinger showed up. Sean Spears, Derek. <laughs> if you're gonna show John Moxley the same respect, that's you... exactly what I was fucking alluding to. Yes, Sean Spears shows up with a chair. And uh, something we haven't seen in a long time on mainstream wrestling television, Sean Spears cracks Cody over the fucking head with a folding chair, and uh, Cody sits up, and he's got a gash on the back of his head. He's bleeding. Oh, just that flap of skin pulled over? Yes. Um, This was not planned. I mean, the, the chair shot and everything was... The, 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 what they're saying is that the chair was gimmicked. It was meant to take the blow. What happened, though, was the back, or I guess the top part of the chair, when the chair dented in, caught Cody on the back of the head. This, to me, was like a JFK assassination moment because I was texting back and forth with you where I was like, he got hit from the front. How is he bleeding out of the back of the head? And they would do like replays on it. And it took two or three replays before I was like, oh, I see what happened. Like, to me, it was like, this is a really fucked up blade job, Cody. Like, <laughs> if you've got a flap of skin hanging off, you went a little too deep. I thought he just hit him I... so hard that his brains blew out. <laughs> <laughs> and this uh, is why we don't do chair shots. <laughs> I thought the thing that was cool about it, I thought everyone coming out rushing to Cody's aid, including MJF, wearing the uh, Nightmare Family coat and everything, and... This was odd. Um, there mainly were a lot because of... Cody. The, here's, and I'm not saying you have to have typical babyface heel dynamics, but during the match with Darby Allen, Cody was definitely kind of the heel, and yet um, Sean Spears is coming out committing the the uh, heinous attack, and there's legitimate, legitimate concern over Cody's uh, welfare. Were they even I mean, brought not... up? 
like CTE scans and you know stuff like yeah. that. It there were a lot of moments on this show where I couldn't tell if they were trying to do like the fire festival thing and stuff was fucking up because there were a lot of missed lighting cues and then this happened and then it just hung with the announcers for so long and it felt yeah. like they were killing time and didn't know what to do. Yeah, I I there I mean there I think they're still getting they're still getting their feet under them as far as how to do these broadcasts. It'll take some time before they get like a, I don't know, solid rhythm to it. I will say, um, there were a lot of things uh, like, it's just, the product is already pretty edgy. Like them even bringing up about like, like Darby Allen's father and everything. Like, like the car, car crash and everything. Yeah. 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 Like, or his uh, uncle or somebody, yeah. Yeah, whatever, like, whatever, fuck. I feel like now I, I didn't pay attention. I mean, I did, but I, now I don't remember the details. That was pretty edgy? Like, for a wrestling promotion or a wrestling storyline to include that information? Um, I thought the body bag was edgy. I thought, obviously, talk about the chair shot to the head, because it, it was the hot topic. What did you, like, a lot of people cringed. A lot of people didn't like it. I mean, even after all the deathmatch shit we've seen, chair shots still bother me so much more. Do you just feel way more protective of the human brain now than you used to? Yeah, and I mean, having, you know, like, Benoit and, like, so many other wrestlers die young deaths, I enjoy these guys, and I enjoy what they're doing, and that's... Like, even with deathmatch stuff, there's safer ways to do it than taking a chair shot. I know they said that the chair was gimmicked, and I think Lance Storm said there's a way to pull pins out so that that part gives back quicker so you're not taking the full blow. But it still is just very, very cringy. What, but did they get the response they were looking for and that, like, oh, shit, we haven't seen this in forever. This doesn't happen. Therefore, it's a big deal. I think if it hadn't gone so poorly, it wouldn't be talked about as much. But since it immediately went poorly, this was... It kind of seemed like almost the entire internet agreed this was too much. And that it well, shouldn't and have And that happened. was so interesting because I, I saw that. And then I also saw people... Like, the backlash was, why are people freaking out over um, chair shots to the head, but these same fans lose their fucking mind every time they see a Canadian destroyer? Like, why? I mean, even if he had put a hand up. And I'm not. What'd you say? I said, even if he had put a hand up, I probably could have gotten behind it a little more. But, you know, it. it, He just took it? He just fucking took every bit of it. And then when the camera moves down and you hear Excalibur go, like, oh no. (laughs) Because there's clearly a pool of blood starting to form. Yeah. It was. I don't know. I I don't like seeing that. I don't want anyone to get real life hurt. I mean, regardless of what happened in the Moxley match, there's fun violence and there's scary violence. See, I want to, I do want to talk about that in a little bit because that that's going to be a, an important discussion to have on this episode. Um, yeah, you see, my initial reaction to it before I saw the gash on the back of the head was that's kind of awesome <laughs> be- because it's been. See, here's my here's my one issue when it comes to suspension of disbelief when it comes to pro wrestling. When they grab an object as a weapon, a foreign object, it's always weirded me out when they got rid of chair shots to the head and all that stuff. I'm like, why do they have no problem with the illusion? Like it doesn't like it's hard to 
make sense of why I'm watching two guys who have no problem punching each other in the fucking face or doing a brain buster, dropping somebody on their head. And then all of a sudden they get a weapon in their hands and they're like, bend over so I can hit you across the back. And here's, this is not me playing dumb. I get why they don't do it. I just think that because at least you and I grew up in an era where chair shots to the head happened all the fucking time. It's hard to unsee what I have seen. So to see a chair shot to the head for the first time in a long time on like a mainstream wrestling program, I kind of popped for it. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's what you do when you have a weapon and somebody you're pissed at is standing in front of you. You don't fucking take the edge of it and jam it into their gut. You fucking smash them in the face. So if as long as they're not wrapping the back of the chair around the guy's head, if they can gimmick it so that it's not hurting them, I'm all for it. So do you think this is headed towards uh, Sean Spears versus Cody at All Out? That would seem to be the uh, the end game here. Does that once get you he wraps with... up doing the tag match with his brother against the Bucks at at a, a fight for the Fallen? I mean, he's got an open card, right? Yeah. Does that get you excited? Is that a matchup that a guy coming straight out of WWE fighting the guy who succeeded leaving WWE? I think it's funny because I think five years ago, if I'd said we're gonna or what four or five years ago, if I'd said we're gonna get Ty Dellinger versus Cody Rhodes people would be like, oh, whatever. Have fun with that match on SmackDown. In the middle of the, like, but That we miss most of from a commercial break. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it because like of all the things I just said. I think they've started it in a good place. I think this is one of the situations where the blood and the accident, as long as Cody's fine, you work with it. <coughs> Make it part of the story. The more gruesome it was, fucking run with it. So I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm really digging at this point. You know, this card was a good example of there being something for everybody. Absolutely. Which I think is like we talked about it before. I think that's what AEW is going to have to offer, right? Yeah. And I mean, I know they said there's not going to be hardcore matches on TV, but this was the type of wrestling show I want. I got a lot of the fast-paced stuff. I got the good story out of Cody. I got, you know, then this fucking main event, or the non-sanctioned match. Well, first of all, let's talk about the next match here, because this was my favorite match of the entire night. I fucking loved this one, too. This one, Uh, as far as just... We had the... Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, just as far as... The type of wrestling I enjoy watching live, that's what I want to go see. That's what you like I, a lot of. Yeah. You like, the, you like spots. You I like want high spots. And this type of six man match is a good reminder that it doesn't have to be a filler match. When you have six high flyers in the same match, it's really just a chance to have ev- let everybody get their shit in and just make a really exciting fireworks show. It's just you coming every 20 seconds from a new move. Yeah, right? maybe it's yeah, maybe it's a bad thing that we don't walk away remembering everything that happened, but while you're in it, it's so goddamn exciting. I think you we talked about this before. It's like the like you said, fireworks. It's like that flurry at the end of a fireworks show where they just shoot off fucking everything and it's it's rapid fire and it's crazy. Yeah, this was my favorite match of the night. I wouldn't even know where to begin. I just know that seeing the elite come out 
has Street Fighter characters, and once again, I don't know, man. Like it was, there's like a really weird chemistry between the Lucha Brothers and the Elite, and I guess I'll throw Laredo Kid in there because he was in the match, but like they alluded at the end of this to. Kenny and Pentagon having another match, and I would totally be up for that. Oh, when they went face to face in the ring, and it kind of seemed like they were going to set up for a longer story of Kenny and Pentagon, I could absolutely be into that. Yeah, I think they know that there's something there, but I th- to me this match there was just like you said the I don't know if this is necessarily my favorite style of wrestling, but this this spot on the card. This was a lot of fun. I could watch this every night. I basically um, I, saw the same match a couple years ago, uh, but instead of Laredo Kid, it was Flamita, and it was at yeah. uh, Bola two years ago. And I mean, yeah, it's the same same thing. You know, they just have such good chemistry with those guys, and it seems like you can throw in another luchador with the Lucha Bros and just fucking nail it. And it works, yeah. That's so just, yeah, that's just that's, I don't. There's somebody that you can put on a card. Those two teams fight in, and you should want to go out to see that. I mean, they've fought a million times at this point, but they're every time you see it, it still feels special. Let's talk about the main event of the show. I do want to say, ninety nine percent of the build up to this, I was fucking amazed by. I loved how they announced that it was unsanctioned. I love the the whole, when we dim the lights, the show is over. When the lights come back up, there is one more match, but it's not by us. I thought everything about it was brilliant, and I was excited about it. And I, I think the one thing, this is why I said 99%, the one thing I will say, I saw Blue Meanie tweet out, everything was executed perfectly. The one thing I would have done differently is I would have had the referee not have an AEW referee shirt. Okay. Just to like, I mean, cause it's weird to go to that much effort to put on the show of this is not by us. And then like, I don't know. It's unsanctioned matches have always been weird to me because everyone's kind of in on the fact of, Oh, that's ridiculous. Like it's happening and you're letting it happen. Well, um, what do you think though about, um, them coming out with entrance music? I agree. I mean, I think that's weird too, but I think, at this point, you can't have John Moxley come out to nothing. The crowd's just too excited for him at this point. I I get it, but this is I guess this is to me the uh, what would you call it? The conundrum of doing an unsanctioned match is telling people we're not endorsing this, but here's their entrance music and the lights, and here's a referee, and we're keeping the show running. Like it's like I get what they're going for. It's just a weird suspension of disbelief thing. Do you, all of a sudden, do you think that this show is false advertisement as to what AEW is going to be since Tony, Tony Khan specified, you know, there's not going to be hardcore wrestling. You're not going to hear the profanity. You're not going to see the middle fingers. Like it isn't going to be this, but there is a place for all of that on pay-per-view. Oh, that's a good question. Because obviously yes. the wrestling's going to yes. be the same. No, it's not. If if it's not going to be like it was on this show. See, uh, but I'm saying I don't you, think if the... you marked out for something on this show that they're not going to be able to do 
on Wednesday Night Dynamite. Like, you're you're still operating in a sandbox. There are rules here. I'm not trying to be a fucking IWC nerd here. I know you didn't like me saying it last week, but I'm going to say it again. Like, you can't tell me this is a new, different product than WWE. It's edgy. We're going to do things differently. And then say, well, actually, here's a list of things we definitely can't do, except for this one show. Check this one show out. It's free. And then people respond positively to a thing multiple things on the show that you're then going to take back and people don't get it anymore. It's weird. Well, but he wasn't saying, you know, like it makes sense that you can't have that death match on TNT. No, I get what I, I like, I think, I think it's still going to be, you know, an edgier show. Like you said, even just with Darby Allen's presence and telling his story, that's an edgier story than we're used to recently. Sure. Um, I don't know. I, I, I could see it both ways though. That's why I was just curious what your thoughts were on it. Yeah. I think, I think my problem with it is, is if he's going to straight up say, we're not going to do like a death match on television. I don't think you do a death match on television every week. I don't think you even necessarily do one every year, but you got to explore the option of if you want to, if you're trying to bring in new viewers and we're just using the death match thing as an example you need to show them why your product is different. And I think that is an element of the indies that not a lot of people have been able to see or attend or really basically since ECW went out, it's kind of been non-existent on television. I think you at least give one of those away on TV between two guys that you want to elevate. Like we're talking a really, this is a really weird time to be talking about what they should be doing on Wednesday night dynamite, like a year from now. Um, I think it's a little bit false advertising. And I also think it's a little bit, not that big of a deal. <laughs> like I, I think it, I don't ultimately think it's going to hold them back drastically enough for us to be dwelling on it, but it's a good question, Garrett. Well, after, after the show, I watched uh, the half hour press conference. Tony Khan did. And yeah. the whole time he was talking, I was I was pretty into what he was saying. I was like, this guy just seems like a fucking wrestling nerd like us and gets it. Uh, but then the very 28 minutes in, he was asked a question that he gave a hard no to. That was the first time throughout that interview that I disagreed on something. He and was, it was the question of something we've debated on this show a lot, right? He was asked, is there going to be intergender wrestling? And he said, absolutely not. So that kind of crushes my Candice LeRae theory. Yeah. He said Unless that, he's jericho in you. I don't know. He said that the only thing he... There were two things he didn't enjoy. Actually, he could be jericho in me because of the two things he said he didn't enjoy at fucking All In. He said the two things he didn't like was watching Jordan Grace get punched. And he said he didn't like the dick druids. <laughs> but he said that mostly... He's like, don't get me wrong. I love the dick druids. <laughs> but he said, we're trying to build Hangman Page up as this, you know, this new guy. And <laughs> I don't think like him, we can't we can't reference that. He's yeah. like, I don't think him getting carried out by dick druids after that good of a match was something I would have done. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe the two things he singled out, he is working me. He's Jericho and me so that he's throwing me off of the scent. Jericho is the ultimate. If you ask him a question something that you feel like you know the answer is yes to Jericho will look at you and say no and act like you're a fucking idiot for asking <laughs> and 
Maybe he taught that to Tony. I don't know. Does it matter to you? Like, like you said that you, it was the first thing he said that you disagreed with in the press conference about there being no intergender wrestling. Does that, is that really a blow for you? It's not a deal breaker or anything. It's something that I do enjoy watching when it's done well. And I would have liked it to have been showcased. I think there's once again, like a death match, there's ways to do it that it isn't offensive. He said that, didn't he say something about with, he has issues with domestic violence and that's the primary reason for not doing it. Oh, a hundred percent. And I totally, totally get that. And there are definitely intergender matches that are super cringy for me. I, there's also ones that are some of the best I've seen, you know, I, I'm a fan. I like watching ladies kick dudes asses. But are you a fan of dudes kicking ladies asses? No. <laughs> so I guess there's, but I have, so there's seen, no dynamic. You, you like the one half of the dynamic, but like when you watch Sammy Callahan in an intergender match and he's beating the shit out of a lady, that's super heat. Is it the wrong heat? I don't know. Maybe, but I, like I said, I can enjoy those matches and you know, I, I don't have a problem with this them. debate I don't... will rage on on this podcast is what you're saying. Yeah, it's going to continue. It looks like right now impact is the only one like, Hey, we're doing it over here. Tessa versus Sammy. And I'm like, yeah, that does sound good. Where can I watch it? You have to pay for a pay-per-view. Ah, I can wait. <laughs> <laughs> it apparently is not enough for you to pull out your wallet. Though um, this uh, uh, tomorrow or today, because it's fucking Fourth of July. While you're like, happy Fourth of July, everybody. We could have done yeah, an I entire at the top of the show. We could have done an entire episode just about wrestling pyro. <laughs> we, we could have done a show about the many Great American Bash pay per views that WCW used to put on, celebrating America. Um, we didn't do that. We're here talking about more important things. <laughs> Yes. Um, Speaking of more, no, we haven't even talked about the fucking match, Garrett. Well, I was ready to move on to Moxley and Janela. We've seriously given this pay per view an hour. And did you even remember that Ring of Honor had a pay per view this weekend? (laughs) I don't, because I didn't watch it. (laughs) I just kind of went on living my life. It was me and the twelve people in that room watching the pay per view. (laughs) Good for you guys. Well, fuck yeah, I made a joke, Derek. I made a joke about how no one watches it anymore. They're coming to town, and I don't even have tickets yet. You say yet again, <laughs> like it's going to happen, but, but there's a difference between when they were coming to town before I had to be online that exact second to get front row. And this mm-hmm. time it's one where I'm like, I'm cool with general admission. <laughs> well, it'll be fine. Um, Moxley and, and Janela. What did you think? I thought we got to watch John Moxley have the most fun he's had in a ring in a long time. Yep. That was my big takeaway from this. Um, other than Je- Janela, <laughs> I did want to point out the guy has done enough deathmatch wrestling. You would think by now his character would be like almost at the, the Mick Foley mankind stage where it wouldn't be as traumatizing to him. But it's funny because he looked so scared when when Moxley was taking off his shoes. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, I watched this happen to you at the back of a Foreman Mills. You know you're going to be fine. Yeah, but we, shortly after that death match we went to, I saw an interview with him where, like, he's, he says, people think I'm a death, death match wrestler, but I've really only had, like, three. The one we saw was only his third death match. And he, huh. 
he likes regular wrestling and he is a good wrestler. And he said, you know, I don't want to get pigeonholed into death matches, but yeah, I don't want him to do that either. But it does seem like that could be his. I mean, the only two spots we've seen him take so far is getting a cigarette stapled to his forehead. We've seen him get thrown off that stage by Hangman Page. Didn't want all that to rhyme. Did. And we saw him take (laughs) fucking thumbtacks in the feet. Like, it seems like he's going to be AEW's guy to just... Him and Darby Allin are going to get tossed around real good over there. Yeah. I wanted to bring this up because when we were talking about the Cody Rhodes chair shot spot... I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong. I just want to get your take on it. And I want to maybe hear from our listeners on this. Can somebody explain to me why it's okay to cringe and be against a chair shot to the head, but then see a man picked up and thrown into a tangle of barbed wire and ripped to shreds and cheer and, and be okay with that. He's got some scratches there. That's not going to give him a concussion. (laughs) But isn't the whole idea that we pref- like like we like wrestling because of the illusion of them inflicting damage on each other, but not actually doing it? I think it is, but I think there's another group of guys who are like, "Oh, we're gonna make this shit look really, really real," and because it ca- is real, because it is, and we like the way this feels a little bit. It makes my pee pee tingle. I think that's why they do it. Are you into it? I'm into it more than I used to be. Uh, since we saw that one show, we since doing this show, we've been exposed to so much deathmatch wrestling, and I feel like I've maybe gone out of my way a little more to continue following it since. But uh, I don't know. Like the last two nights, I fell asleep with my laptop on my stomach watching John Moxley deathmatches. And after the one I watched last night, I've actually had nightmares two nights in a row from this shit. <laughs> And the one I watched last night was absolutely too much. It was the one where you actually see him take that little saw to the head, the electric saw. Yeah. Fuck yeah. that, man. Fuck that. There's at one point they've got like a circular saw blade on like a pole and he's just getting it run across his forehead. I, it, there, there could be a point when it's too much, but I mean, it was at tournament CZW's tournament of death. So what, what am I going to tell him? Don't do that. Well, but what do you say right before you go out? Like when you're talking about what you're going to do out there, you'd be like, yeah, just run the saw across my forehead. It'll work out. Run it over there a couple times. I'm going to whack you with the toaster. <laughs> you do that. But as a serious answer, do you, are you just saying that like you can't quite put your finger on why we're okay with one, but not okay with the other? I think that there can be storytelling in deathmatch wrestling. And I think since we've been watching FMW, that was a good place to see what a deathmatch should look like. Because uh, I feel like we've seen a lot of deathmatches where people are purposefully getting thrown into it with like no pageantry. Where in those FMW matches, and you notice Janela doing a lot of this because that's what he grew up on. You know, when he's getting whipped into the barbed wire, he's stopping. The story of the match for him is, I don't want to land in this. And that should be the story of the match rather than just two dudes destroying each other, which should eventually come. But I would like to see them not want that to happen to them for a minute. I don't know. I'm still I'm so torn on how to feel about this. Like. Like I like I basically just made my own admission a second ago, which is that I there is a difference, but I can't quite put my finger on what it is. 
like why I care so much. Like, like basically it's like what I said earlier about like, you just care more about the human brain. Like pain is temporary and scars to the body or whatever. Like, like that's fine, but you can't just lose brain cells. Maybe that's what it is. It is weird seeing people get like bodily damage done scars that are going to be there for the rest of their lives for my personal enjoyment. And I don't know. So for some people, that's their favorite kind of wrestling. And I think for me, I'm okay with it occasionally. So like you wouldn't, if there were one death match on a show that you were going to now, you wouldn't think that's too much. You'd be like, all right, I can handle one out of seven. No, I, I'll, I'll go a step further. I'm o- only okay with the, to me, it's like the same W it's like the problem WWE has with fucking gimmick pay-per-views. Like the whole idea of weapons and, and all of that shit is that the feud has escalated to a point where the people hate each other, where it's gone beyond being an athletic competition. And it's about legitimate hate and causing somebody damage, bodily harm and agony. And it has to escalate that point. To me, if you just book two people in a fucking death match and throw it on a card and you have one of those on the show every time just to appeal to the people in the audience who are into that, I don't like that. I think once in a while, like maybe once a year, I'm just throwing shit out there as to what I would probably think is acceptable. As is me. But what if a guy gets in a feud with a deathmatch wrestler? A guy who, like, at this point, we think of Jimmy Havoc pretty much as a deathmatch wrestler. When well, this is kind of my point, is that, like, I don't, I think, I personally think people who specialize as deathmatch wrestlers kind of undermine the whole idea of pro wrestling storytelling. I feel like I hurt your feelings, but that's just how I feel. Are you telling me that GCW is just turned into Monday Night Raw because of all of their violence? Just, it's gotten old, it's gotten stale? I'm not trying to be Jim Cornette, Garrett. I'm just letting you know that once you see people whack each other 75 times with light tubes (laughs) in one fucking match, I mean... A suplex just doesn't do anything for you anymore. Right now, it feels like you're a cult leader trying to draw me out of the thing I enjoy and watch what you I, like. Fair enough. <laughs> Fuck I, you. No, I see what I honestly could see why anyone would not enjoy that, or I could also see why somebody could enjoy it. It is for me. It's been an acquired taste. Where the first time I saw it, I screamed and shrieked, and I still do. But I know what to expect now when I'm getting myself into it. See, I, I, that's the thing, as I think the, the thing with me and deathmatch wrestling is that it's not even necessarily like all about the fact that I'm squeamish and I don't like seeing the damage. I think to me, as somebody who appreciates good storytelling and things kind of somewhat making sense, it's hard to pull back from that once you've gone that far. So to me, this being the last match at Fighter Fest, and obviously this isn't going to be an issue we have to talk about on the reg because Tony Khan has kind of nixed that idea. Um, but I, I think this was the perfect way to end the show because there was nowhere else to go from here. And I think to me, creatively, that's what death match wrestling does is it, it, you either have to have a show like we saw last year where the entire card is that, 
and you're just numb to it, or it has to be like the, the peak part of a feud where it just makes sense. Whatever. We don't have to keep talking about deathmatch wrestling, even though it was the main event of the show. Oh, I no, really we... enjoyed the Moxley Janela match. Do you think both guys look good in it? Do you think Janela is going to came out looking better than he did going in? Where do you think he sticks? Obviously Moxley looks good. What, where does Janela stand after this? I think the whole purpose of this match, and this is going back to when we had our, uh, our episode where we reviewed double or nothing. We were talking up how great Joey Janela was. I hope that he saw this match the way I saw it. This elevated him. This was a big time former WWE guy giving a in-ring endorsement to another guy who wrestled a similar style and, uh, hung with him in the ring and he, he I mean he kind of see th- there was so many comments after the show was over with people saying AEW made more stars in like you know one show or one couple months than WWE has done in years and there was a bunch of disagreement over whether or not that statement was true I can tell you that at least at Fighter Fest there were if you're not a regular viewer of indie wrestling or any wrestling outside of WWE, I'm sure there were two or three people in particular you walked away from this show with, with memories of, and Janela was one of them. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that'll never forget the thumbtacks and the feet. Correct. Whether that's a good or bad thing for his career, they're going to remember that they saw it happen. And also, he had that fucking awesome uh, elbow drop from the top of the ladder. Dean took every... John, I'm sorry, took every bit of that. It looked like he just (laughs) crushed him. It was a beautiful elbow drop, too. Can we talk about that? It may have been the best elbow drop I've ever seen. (laughs) I'm not kidding. It was perfect. It looked like a video game animation. That's how perfect it was. Derek, what do you God think? Damn. Just speaking of deathmatch wrestling here for a second. Um, I, you know, I know the show's wrapping up here. Uh, Superhuman. Take our time, man. It's 4th of July. You've been watching Superhuman on Twitter? I have been watching Superhuman on Twitter. We got to talk about it because he's kind of <laughs> like, I saw one video. I can't remember how many weeks ago and thought, well, that guy's fucking crazy. Like, whatever. It, to me, it felt it took me back to the days of when you would see the old commercials on TV advertising those backyard wrestling DVDs and me thinking, wow, that guy's fucking crazy and dumb, but I'll watch it. I have since gone and watched several more. <laughs> he's what? He's an aspiring stuntman? I would, I would call him a stuntman. I don't know what else you would call <laughs> You're him. You're just handing it to him. I, I can't remember what it says on his profile. I think that's what he wants to be is he's a stuntman. Well, he is a stuntman, and I think that he would be a great person for us to have on this show. I don't think he would do it. It sounds like GCW has tried to get him to partake in a, a match, and he has no interest because he's a stuntman. Can you, for somebody who doesn't know who we're talking about, describe who Superhuman is? Superhuman looks like your friend's sweet mate from college who (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think like he definitely played video games and kept to himself, but he does have his own hobbies. His hobbies being standing on his porch. Uh, I I don't know. How tall would you say the guy is like he's 
he's under five ten. Oh, he's like five 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 six. That's my he's guess. He's a shorter fellow. He he's wearing a shirt that says "Down with the Clown." Shaggy hair, beard. Honestly, looks like a wrestling fan. Uh, but then yep. he says he starts each video by saying, "This is for all my gigolos and gigolettes." Uh, don't try this at home. And before he performs his stunt, he removes his shirt and shouts, fuck that shit or fuck this shit. And then hurls his body onto something painful. Whether it's a batch of light tubes, whether it's a chair with, you know, barbed wire and maybe some cacti. Yep. This, this guy is out there putting his own untrained body through the kind of pain that you will only see wrestlers in deathmatch. And here's the fucked up thing. I understand with most wrestling why they call it professional wrestling. Like you you have a skill, you get good at it, and then you go perform it in front of other people and you do it in a way that, you know, nobody gets hurt if you're doing it right. The thing about deathmatch wrestling, I don't think there's anyone who's a professional deathmatch wrestler. I think you it's a lot of improvisation and you fucking just do it for real for other people's entertainment. So to see basically a a shorter uh typical looking pro wrestling fan out there exposing himself to the the harsh elements of hardcore wrestling. It's funny as fuck. <laughs> like I enjoy it. As I've said to you before we started this podcast, the words fuck this shit is exactly what I would say if I was forced to do any of these things that he's doing. I honestly, I'm just a little jealous that he beat us to the punch. You know, we could have been doing this for years. We could have made a name for ourselves on the internet, Derek. You don't have the stomach for what he does, Garrett. I don't know. Oh yeah. And by the stomach, you mean you there ran are all- away from a death match that you weren't even involved in. And speaking of his stomach, there are videos where he'll chug hot sauce and then just run as fast as he can into a hard object. Uh, there's one where he just chugs some hot sauce, then runs full speed into the side of a brick house. Fuck. That's a skill, my friend. You can't learn. You can't be taught that. You just if you, our if our listeners don't know who this is, how can they look up Superhuman on Twitter? <laughs> well, he's actually got a two week break right now because of a move he did. He pulled his groin and he's out for two weeks. So no. this this is gonna be the longest two weeks of my life waiting for a new Superhuman video. You know, we talked so long about Fighter Fist. It's fucked up because last week we released our episode, and then, like, right before we get ready to promote the fact that we have a new episode out, news breaks, and the hot story for the past week has been that Paul Heyman is taking over Monday Night Raw and Eric Bischoff is taking over SmackDown. And you and I kind of lost our minds over this. Garrett? I guess we have a pro wrestling podcast. Do you want to talk about it a little bit before we get off the air? I mean, we can. I think at this point, everybody probably has very similar feelings. And I have seen nothing but mixed reactions to this. To me, the majority of the reactions have been, we're all excited about Heyman, we're nervous about Bischoff. That is not what I have seen. So now I'm even more excited to talk about it. Yeah, well, tell me. like, what are Those are my thoughts. Like, when I heard Heyman, I got excited. When I heard Bischoff, I was like, eh, we'll see. Well, I, I definitely agree with that part. Um, 
I don't have anything to argue in that regard. I think we all are more familiar with Heyman's work because he's been involved with the product for so long. And, you know, he mentors a lot of people backstage at WWE. So we kind of give him the benefit of the doubt, especially since he's been on the creative team with WWE before. Um, I think people have a lot of negative connotations with Bischoff. Um, and I think there's a, there's a general sentiment with Bischoff is that he was part of the problem at WCW, which may be true to a certain extent, but I, to me, my initial reaction was excitement. If for no other reason, then it means that Vince got to a point where he was so desperate for doing something that made people happy or changed the way things were going or just to get a fresh perspective on things. He brought in basically his two biggest rivals from 20 years ago to get their perspective on pro wrestling. And I think the main thing I've seen is people being skeptical as to how long of a leash he's actually going to give to Heyman and Bischoff to, to take over the shows. Like a lot, a lot of people are like, none of this is going to matter anyways, because Vince is just going to nix everything. But what's, I don't know what the point of bringing those guys in is if they're not going to have an impact on the show. False sense of hope. <laughs> just creating despair. Is he fucking Bane now? This this is the hope spot before WWE really tanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know. I, I think I, I felt like you, when you heard the news, you had the same reaction as me where we were both really excited about it. Cause it was a big fucking story. Um, and I it, did notice differences on TV this week. Well, from what I understand, they have not done anything yet. Like, they've started going, but they said that everything that's happened so far was already part of the plans. Sure. That they're taking over after Extreme Rules or something. Um, they're not... Well, they can't do a hard pivot after everything they've been building. You know what I mean? Like, they can't just strip everybody in the titles... Uh, strip everybody of their titles and start with new storylines two weeks from Extreme Rules. So oh, yeah. I get no, that. And, and I get that. And it... I don't know. It was something that when the news came, it was like, what, seven o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning. I was, yeah, I was just getting to work and that news came and I walked over to Leah and I said, I think I need to go home. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, why? I "I think Vince McMahon's stepping down and she's like, oh, I see. (laughs) Did you shit your pants a little bit? I didn't really know how to react because it's something we'd thought about for so long. And obviously I would seem fake. It did a little bit. It felt like I was feel like, like an onion article. Well, I had to check the source like three times to make sure it wasn't a fake sports illustrated or wherever I read it. Right. I did the same thing. I'm excited about it. Um, I don't. I I brought this up to somebody. I can't remember who I said this to. Think of how much shit people give to Vince Russo about how much bullshit he laid out on the table that Vince had to sift through during the Attitude Era to squeeze out the occasional golden nugget. I, I we know how we feel about Paul Heyman and what a genius people think he is for the wrestling business. There's no way that. Eric Bischoff's ideas or perspective on pro wrestling, if they're being, I don't know, 
what what's the word for it? If they're being monitored, they can't be any worse than Vince Russo. They just can't be. You don't seem confident in that. I was like, what what are your concerns with Bischoff? I mean, yeah, it's the same concerns everybody has. It's the guy that, you know, helped drive WCW down, right? I mean, but he's also the same guy that helped drive it up. That's I feel like it's I'm weirded out that whenever people think of Bischoff, they think about the, the part of the story where the AOL Time Warner merger kind of killed the company creatively with their freedom, but the, but they don't want to talk about the part where he was the guy who came up with Everything that made WCW kick the shit out of WWE for so long. That's true. That's true. And I'm going to be open-minded to watching it. I mean, I hope it gets good. I would love for it to get good. I want, I want the problem of having too much content to watch again. <laughs> we gave the listeners plenty of content this week. That's for damn sure. Are you sure it was enough? Well, let's let's look. We've well, they were they were really twenty minutes. They were looking forward to hearing about that ROH show. Were they really? Is that what they wanted to talk about? They wanted to hear your reaction to Flip Gordon being a bad motherfucker. Now, also, I think that Dragon or uh, Dalton Castle owes Dragon Lee a thank you basket of fruits and uh, different baked goods, maybe for making him look what, so bro? good. I was going to say, you said that they had an amazing match together at that ROH pay-per-view. Dragon Lee's awesome, and he can... Dalton Castle really, really needed this. I can't remember the last time that Dalton Castle was in a place where he looked really good. And for real, like he, this finally brought him up again, gave him a good match, made me feel like that he has a future. I I haven't been paying attention to ROH enough, so I appreciated your dedication on a Friday night to sit down and watch this show. Oh, also, maybe the thing that got me to pop the hardest, they had a couple debuts. Uh, Eli Drake debuted. He actually filled in for Colt Cabana, who's out with a knee injury. And the one that got me excited, there was a women's match. And, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about the Ring of Honor women's division and how it's not great. <laughs> They they debut they had the debut of a Maria Maniac, which is uh, Schlack's girlfriend. Yes, I think she's awesome. She has where it says man eater. It looks like it's carved into her stomach as a tattoo. I think she's really cool. She's uh you know just uh, is she better than Schlack? Well, isn't Schlack God or there is what is it? There is no God. There's only Schlack. <laughs> I believe that's what his shirts say. <laughs> Oh, fucking Greg. <laughs> fucking Schlack. <laughs> Fuck, I hope we see Metal Dave and the boys at uh, All Out. Metal Dave and the boys. You and I, I got the news from you. We're going to be doing more wrestling than just All Out that weekend, buddy. Yeah, um, I really, really have been wanting to go to AAW again, and they're doing a two-night tournament All Out weekend. So we have tickets to both nights, and... Fuck, I love a pro wrestling tournament. So this turned from one day of pro wrestling into three consecutive days of pro wrestling. And I feel like myself again. This is going to be great. It's going to be a pro wrestling vacation for you here in Chicago. So excited. And we don't have all out tickets yet. So if you got the hookup, let us know. Otherwise, we're going to StubHub. That's probably what's going to happen. But if you just love us so much that you want to help us out, I will accept that as well. Actually... 
if you love us so much and want to help us out, there's another way you can help us out. And that's by hopping on iTunes, giving us five stars, leaving a nice review. Guys, if we can get six more reviews by July 15th, I'll get the Koto Ibushi haircut. That's probably not happening. But whatever. You love the show. Let us know. Let us know what you like about it. Uh, helps us out. Gets our name out there a little bit more. Also, if you haven't already, follow us on social media. We're at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram, at Wrestle Hangout on Facebook, at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter. You want to email us something, you have a suggestion, something you want us to talk about, you can email us, predeterminedpodcast at gmail.com. I don't know what else we can add to this episode. We've, we've talked for so long, and I just hope that we've been able to provide a, a quality piece of pro wrestling entertainment on this 4th of July, Garrett. I actually do have one last thing I would like to say, if you don't mind. Oh, fucking of course you do. What is it? What is it? Get it out. Okay, so over the weekend was a music festival in the UK. I believe it was called like Glastonbury or something like that. And I was just watching YouTube videos and it started playing me different performances from this music festival. One of the headliners was The Killers. And as it was playing, I noticed that the guitarist of the Killers had a Jake the Snake action figure attached to his microphone stand. Uh, the actually the same Jake the Snake figure that was my very first pro wrestling toy. And so did you pop for this? I did pop for that, but I met the Killers many years ago. They had just put out that album Sam's Town, and do you remember one oh five seven The Point in St. Louis? I do. They played a fair amount of uh, what I would call butt rock <laughs> things, <laughs> things of that nature. Uh, well, they were having their festival and the killers were headlining and they were having a contest and it said, who do you want to meet? Write us a letter saying why you're their biggest fan. And they were going to everybody, every single band was going to have a contest winner. And I looked through the list of bands and I didn't care, but I thought to myself, No one who listens to this radio station is going to write a letter trying to meet the killers. So I did. Uh, I wrote it. It took me like two minutes. I immediately won this fucking contest. So me and my friend Jane had to go backstage. I say had to, like it was punishment. Uh, (laughs) So we had to go back to. They took us backstage to meet the killers, who both of us were like, all right. (laughs) You know, like, it's, it's, it's fine. They bring them over to us, and they let us talk to them individually one at a time. That's how they treated this. You didn't get to talk to the collective group. It was very awkward. And the drummer comes by, fine. Very nice guy. Uh, He gave me helpful tips about sunglasses. That's what I remember from that. Brandon Flowers (laughs) comes by and is wearing a weird jacket. Jane says to him, that's an interesting jacket. Can I feel that? He's like, oh, sure. She feels the jacket. Guitarist comes over. This is where everything goes south. (laughs) he has on a once again weird jacket jane says do you mind if i touch that jacket he rolls his eyes so big and lets out the deepest sigh then sticks his arm out in the motion as if you were trying to get somebody to kiss your ring and then just looks up into the side and just goes (sighs) quickly wow what is that that's a dick? That's, yeah, that is a dick move, but apparently likes Jake the Snake, so I guess he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's what you chose to close this week's episode with. Well, I opened with that cult shit. I figured I'd just as well end it with a shitty story about the killers not being <laughs> super nice. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, I don't have a cool story. I Happy just, 4th of July, everybody. Yeah, go enjoy your fireworks. Go do what I'm doing right now. If you're listening to this on the 4th of July, get on the Fight TV app. Today, GCW is having a pay-per-view at 3 o'clock in the afternoon central time, and it is all backyard wrestling. It is literally taking place in somebody's backyard with trampolines, mattresses, and GCW wrestlers are going by their original backyard wrestling names. Joey Janela is kid suicide in this pay-per-view <laughs> but that only applies to today if you're listening to the day the episode comes out or they you might can... not be available it might be a busy day garrett hey you might not be available go on there and check it out anyway that's what i'm doing we're having a fourth of july party and i think that anybody that walks through the living room is going to be deeply confused when everyone's outside partying and i'm inside watching guys jump on a trampoline <laughs> Happy 4th of July, says Garrett. <laughs> Hit our goddamn pyro. <laughs>